welcome to our guests and to all of you from around the world who are joining us. Um, this is an interesting but can be a little confusing passage. So um, thank the good Lord. I always go back to my seminary notes in the scripture classes because sometimes it can be a little confusing, but it's not really too bad. Um, before Jesus resurrected, was heaven open? No. So what about the souls that died before Jesus resurrected and opened the doors to heaven? Okay. The souls of the dead went to a place that they called Hades. This is a Greek word, and it was used in the Jewish, actually, tradition. Hades is not hell of the damned. Okay, that is not. That, the hell of the damned is Gehenna. Okay, so it's different here. Now, Hades was like a big waiting area. And in this waiting area, they were waiting for what? Not just heaven to be open, but judgment. So guess what? There was good and the bad in Hades. This is what most people don't know. Hades had the good and the bad waiting for judgment because Christ had not died yet and resurrected. So in between the good and the bad, there was this chasm separating the good from the bad. So some in Hades rested in comfort and others suffered torments of fire. So there was this divider between them. Now, this is what we see with Lazarus and the rich man. Actually, you didn't may not have caught it, but they both died. But yet the Lazarus and the rich man are divided. So what was the sin of the rich man? Oh, he was mean to Lazarus. No, not at all. That's not it. Did you catch this? The sin of the rich man was not that he was mean. He had not ordered Lazarus to be removed from his gate. Um, he didn't kick him when he walked by. He didn't make any objections to him getting the bread that fell from his table, the scraps. He did not insult him. He was not deliberately cruel to him. So by the definition of the world, he was a good person. That's what non-Catholics believe. You don't need to do good things. You just don't do bad things. His sin was that he never noticed Lazarus and thought it was perfectly natural to leave him wallowing in pain and hunger while he wallowed in luxury. This was his sin. It was not what he did that caused his punishment. It is what he failed to do. This is why in our creed we say, for what we have done, what I have done, and what I have failed to do. All right. Sins of commission are what I hear 99% of the time in the confessional. And that's good. We need to confess the sins of commission. But people forget that sins of omission can be just as dangerous, sometimes more so. Sin of commission is what I have done. Sin of omission is what I have failed to do. So here, Lazarus has failed to acknowledge the need of his neighbor. Now, 
His sin is that he could look on someone's suffering and feel really no grief or pity. What is the definition of mercy? What is the definition of mercy? Mercy is a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, when it sees it, it takes action to do something about it. That's the very definition of mercy. So Lazarus' problem here, why he got in this mess in the afterworld of punishment, is he wasn't merciful. Mercy is a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it takes action to do something about it. Now, another way it's defined by Father Kosicki and I think Thomas Aquinas is mercy is having pains in your heart for the pains of another and taking pains to do something about their pain. That's a lot of pain, but it's taking action to alleviate that pain. So mercy is having pains in your heart for the pains of another and taking pains or actions to do something about their pain. He looked basically Lazarus at his fellow man hungry and pain and did nothing about it. Instead, he was preoccupied with his own material well-being. You know, in God's way, those who hold to possessions, possessively, to what they have so tight that they become so self-focused, they'll lose everything they have. They will, all right? But those who share generously will receive many times back more than they gave away. So basically, he served wealth rather than God. And in the end, the rich became poor. That's the message here. The Lord of the paradox. The first will be last. The last will be first. The rich will be poor. You know, this, this to me is, everybody knows my love for Poland and the Philippines. Because these two nations on the world stage are not considered rich. They're not major factors in the world with financial, economic power. They're not part of the G7. They're not part of this, thank goodness, this world reset and the economic approach to try and to create this whole um, wiping out of what we have stood for in centuries, especially in the freedom of religion. No, not the Philippines, not Poland. They're not rich in the sense of the world, but I tell you, they are richer, in my opinion, than any Western nation. They are richer because Poland, the only EU nation that has stood steadfast against abortion, the Philippines, the only nation in Asia that has stood steadfast in their Catholic faith. How beautiful that these two little nations that are considered poor by world standards, in my opinion, are the richest in the world. This is why God has a love for Poland. He says it in the diary. And that is why he's using the Philippines to spread the message of divine mercy all over the world. This is what is important today. What is truly riches? Now, don't take this message either to be a support of communism. This is not what this message is. That there is no private ownership or things like that. That's, that's against church teaching. Okay? 
there is private ownership. We do have the ability to be our individuals, not in the sense that we become our own gods, but we become individuals in the sense that we are allowed to freedom of worship, freedom of raising our children as we wish, raising our children in the faith and not have them indoctrinated. This is a message that's important. But people say, well, Father, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. How could I be serving God or why is God not helping me? Well, God does allow us to suffer and experience personal lack. This is true because our personal suffering makes us more humane and opens us up to the plight of others. I think this is important. Yet suffering can push us sometimes into bitterness and isolation if we let it. So we must not forget that God allows trials to purify us. Important. One of our greatest sufferings in purgatory will be the realization that we could have done more. Sins of omission. So to finish here, the rich man did not suffer, as I said, because he was rich. All right. Um, Abraham was a rich man. Did you know that? We just talked about Abraham being the good man here. He took in the poor man. Well, wait a minute, Father. This is saying communism is, is evil because what it does is it strips. It's basically atheistic-based and strips any belief in God. But it also wants to wipe out the classes. This is not the message of this gospel. This gospel is not that. It is not evil to be wealthy. Just ask Tom Monahan, one of the greatest Catholic philanthropists in the world, billionaire. But this man is an example of light and a man of Christ. Being rich in and of itself is not evil. All right, the rich man did not suffer because he was rich. Abraham was rich. Money is not the root of all evil. The inordinate love of money, putting it ahead of God, that is what is evil. Likewise, the poor man was not rewarded simply because he was poor. I've known poor people. I've seen them and met them. Homeless people that cursed me, cursed me to hell. So just because you're poor also doesn't mean you are automatically going to be in the bosom of Abraham. All right. The poor man was not rewarded simply because he was poor. Lazarus must have had a true relationship of faith with God. The rich man did not. That's the point here. Therefore, the difference was in their attitude towards God and other people. Remember the order. God first, your neighbor second, yourself third. It's important. So the rich man still thought of Lazarus as a servant. Isn't that funny? He asked Abraham to dip his finger. He said, Abraham, have Lazarus come dip his finger in water um, to wet my tongue and then have him go tell my five brothers. So he's still seeing him as a servant. You know, it's funny. When... When the rich do give to the poor, one of the big dangers is it makes them feel superior. That, look how I really helped that person. I mean, I've had a few people help me, but then I felt that they felt I was obligated to them. And vice versa, I've helped some other people when I was in the secular world, and I kind of expected, well, gee, they didn't 
return any kind of favor. That's the problem. That's the danger. Don't let that happen where you say, basically, they owe me. Now we become superior. But actually, you know what's funny? The poor actually do more for the rich than the rich do for the poor. You see all these celebrities that are out there um, claiming that, oh, I, I helped with this cause or that cause to be able to be names in the papers. Actually, the poor are helping them more than they're helping the poor. Because the sickness and the plight of the poor allow those who have to be charitable. They give them the opportunity to acts of love. And that's what's going to get you to heaven, love. And so that's why the poor do more for the rich than the rich do for the poor. But you know, this does have kind of a sad ending because it says telling the brothers won't help them because they don't want to hear the truth. So if you're Lazar or the rich man, you're probably like, oh boy, I'm in a mess. Like those brothers, the world doesn't want to hear the truth. And this is what we're facing now. You know, um, Alex just read in the reading, uh, second reading, I think it was, to fight the good fight, if I remember correctly, if I heard that correctly. And that is so powerful right now. Fight the good fight. A lot of times we have to start within our own family. We have to start within our own church. I mean, the stuff that's going on is crazy right now. Please pray for the Belgian bishops. My. They have now come out and published a blessing ceremony for same-sex relationships. Now, let's be careful here because we always want to bless the people. We always want to love the people. We always want to care for the people. We always want to take in the people. But we cannot bless the sin. From what I've understood, and I got to be careful because I got to do a lot more research on this, but from what I've read, it sounds like this is a blessing of the homosexual union, the activity. This is absolutely demonic. We cannot bless a sin. We bless the people. We pray for the people. We love the people. So Augustine, love the sinner, hate the sin. He didn't say bless the sin. We can't. So I got to be very careful because everything I'm reading sounds like it's not just a blessing of the people, but it's a blessing of this union. You can't. Pray for these Belgium bishops. We can't turn from the truth. Fight the good fight. You know, in World War II, the war was fought on two fronts, Europe and in the Pacific. There were two fronts. Right now, we're fighting the war on two fronts, within our church and out in secular society. We have to pray that our church remains pure from the inside. I look in the mirror, I say, start with myself, Lord. But we also have to fight what's happening in the culture. I'll finish by saying, you know, I was out in Wyoming for um, 
the last week and we were doing some filming for our EWTN show and I was uh, working with the monks about printing. They do some incredible stone carving. Uh, in fact, people came from Europe, these monks on their own, the Car Carmelite monks of Wyoming develop CNC stone cutting. It's baffling the experts in Europe. They flew out to see these monks in Wyoming. And so I went out there to talk about them doing some stone carving for us and us doing their printing. It's beautiful because we're spending so much money on our stone carvings for, for memorials and they're spending so much money on printing and we can help do it for each other. So we pray for the Carmelite monks of Wyoming. But anyway, the prior there, his father and my father were actually high school classmates. And this man is amazing, Jerry Schneider. He's my new hero. And Jerry Schneider was a, a man from Michigan that went out to Wyoming and he saw the need of suffering. You know what he thinks the biggest need in suffering is right now? Young boys, young men. That's why I said in the beginning of the Mass that most followers adhering to the Catholic faith right now are women. Now, that doesn't mean there's no men. Of course not. There are many men. I saw a thousand of them yesterday. It was beautiful. But a majority in following our Catholic faith are women. He saw the need to help these young boys. It's called the Carmelite Ranch. He has been lied about, slammed. I went out there and lived firsthand with them. I saw what they do. I lived with them 10 years ago when I went out there. I know what this ranch does. They're being attacked. They're being shredded by the evil of our society. And now he shared with me that under the Obama administration, the FBI came out. The FBI came out to shut them down because he wasn't offering contraception. He said, it's against my faith. And he says, and secondly, we only have boys here. And they said, they still have to offer contraception. What? You still have to offer contraception? He says, we only have boys here. The FBI sent five people from Washington to come out to shut down this man who is helping the most in need and tells them that they have to offer contraception in a ranch of a bunch of boys. This is absurdity. This is taking the truth, which Satan does, and completely twists it. The message we have here is our secular society is turning away from God. We are turning so far away from God that I believe it'll take a direct intervention of God, like an illumination of conscience, to fix this. In the meantime, we have to do our part. We have to love our neighbor, pray for the sinner, love the sinner. We are all sinners, but hate the sin. And in the process, not despair avow the truth, the truth. You know, praise be to God that we have right now still the ability to worship our God freely and truly. Let us pray that that doesn't come taken away because that will happen if we don't stand and fight the good fight. So God bless all of you. Pray for those in need. They are at your own doorstep. The poor, 
those who are suffering. And remember, poor doesn't have to mean just money. Poor can mean the poor of our culture that is being so misled and being so misunderstood <clears throat> about what true goodness is. True goodness is in God, not in what society says, in material things, in redefining marriage, in taking life from the womb. Those are not good things. Those are our time now to pray that they be fixed and repaired. This is a great gospel to acknowledge that if we do nothing, sins of omission can be worse than sins of commission. Let us not stand idly by and watch, but let us actively be involved in our faith to bring God to the secular world that is in such need. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.